Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Rogue Report Extra podcast. Uh, my name is Mark, and I'm standing in for our usual host Graham today. So hopefully we'll we'll do him proud. Uh, we've got Scunthorpe coming up, and I guess we're all feeling quite confident after our first home game. Saw us grab that late victory over Charlton. Joining us today is a man who knows both teams quite well, having played over a hundred games for us in the mid to late 80s, and is now scouting for Scunthorpe. So welcome to the podcast, Mr. Paul Lemon. Thank you, Mark. How how the devil are you? Yes, all's good. All's well. Um, good, good. Yeah, looking forward to the game on Sunday. Yeah, indeed. So, for those who don't know, just run us through what you're up to down in Scunthorpe. Basically, um, I I never go to Scunthorpe. I'd never go to the ground. My job basically is to go and watch the opposition. Eighty percent of my workload is to go and watch the opposition. How they play, how they set up, strengths, weaknesses. And then report back on on software um, to the analyst, who will then pick the bones out of what I've said, and then form their own opinions on the game that's uh, to be played, how we go and beat the opposition, <laughs> and then present it to the lads. Um, the other 20, 25% of my role is to go and watch individual players who my boss is a guy called Lee Turnbull, who was ex-Middlesbrough guy and who's been around the, the scouting circuit for a long time than I have um, he sends me out to watch players and report back to him um, on who's good enough who's not good enough and it's just an opinion it's just an opinion there's no right or wrong opinion in football it's just an opinion and then we'll, we'll we take it from there oh cool so uh, hopefully you'll go a bit easy on us for for Sunday then <laughs> well I came up to the Charlton game and I was at half time I was very quietly confident um, <laughs> that we could come up there and, and get a result. Uh, the second half was a different performance, as you well know, and, sure. and the passion and the desire was there for all to see. And um, as you've been talking about there with the crowd, you know, we need to keep the crowd quiet. It's the first thing we need to do. Um, if we don't do that and someone get on top of us, it, it could be a long, long, Sunday afternoon. <laughs> sure, sure. You're right. It was definitely a, a tale of two halves. I think the first half we looked a bit edgy and but... yeah, it was welcome to the League One. I think. I think it was a bit of a an eye opener. Of Charlton. I think Charlton will be up there anywhere this year, personally. Mm. Um, and but the physical side came out, and you could you could see it that the physical side of the game something well were off the pace a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But he changed the tactics at half-time, went with the three at the back, and it worked a treat. And um, the likes of Honeyman and Gooch, they were driving them on when they were struggling first half, kept that going and, and drove someone to victory. 
Yeah, totally. I think, I mean, because Jack's obviously new to the league as much as a lot of the players, but he seems to have brought in players who know League One and, and, um, and who yeah. can do that. So, I mean, we've had sort of max power added to the, the ranks since, yes, since that game and so on. Big signing? Good signing, especially for that league. Um, I was at Wigan not so long ago, maybe about two years ago. I was at Wigan two and a half years ago and Max was there then and he was he was in the, I think he played a lot of games in the, when they were in League One. Yeah. Um, didn't quite do it last season under Cookie. Um, but yeah, you know, a great signing for Sunderland and a great signing for, for League One. He's he's strong, he's passionate, he's got the desire and enthusiasm and, and he's not bad on the ball. No, no. Were you were you there when Reese James was at Wigan? Was he another one? Yeah, or? yeah, another on the, on the left back, yeah. It was yeah. left back Reese, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Manchester United, I believe. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, um, is he at, is he at Sunderland? Is he? Yeah, so he yeah. he was one of the the first through the door, and, it, and again, I think it's symptomatic right. of what Jack yeah. trying to build players who can yeah. play at League One level and and perhaps beyond and and yeah. take us up. Oh, so. he, he could play he could play League One and, and and beyond, yeah. And but the guy who came on a sub against Charlton that, that day, I mean, I've not seen much of them. Is it Oviedo? Oviedo? Oviedo, yeah, he, yeah. For me, he's, he he was quality. He was quality, but. Well, he's, he should be. Problems. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, he's just come back from the World Cup, so he should have something about yeah. him. Bless him. Yeah, I don't know but, much um, about him, but he, just first glance, I thought, yeah, you, you've got quality, mate. Yeah, he was he was one of Moyes' guys from Everton who yeah. came um, who came in, in the sort of Premier League time and has lingered around. But yeah, you're right, he, he should be quality for this level. And, and Jerome Sinclair came on and looked yeah. a handful, but he, he's going to be out for a while, so... Yeah, we'll see yeah, what we do. From our point of view, to go and watch it, it's you know, it's always nice to go and have an eyes on and look at the shape of the team and just get a generalised, you know, how, how they're going to set up against sure. you. Um, but you know, you can go and watch teams galore, but and it's you know, you can pass as many match messages as you want to management, and the management can pass as many managers messages as they want to the players, but. Once they go over that white line, it's a ball game. <laughs> well, absolutely. So, so um, forgive me for sort of changing tack a bit, but if, if talk about your career for a little while, I mean, I remember, if I'm right, you, you were a, a teenager at the club, making your debut as an 18-year-old under um, Len Ashurst, is that right? Yeah, that's... Do you know what? You, I, I can't remember this far back, to be fair. When you, when you <laughs> told me about this, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I can't remember until last week sometimes. But, uh, but yeah... I was a I was a schoolboy and I signed schoolboy forms. Um, luckily enough to play with the likes of Barry Venice and Nick Pickering, Mark Prudder in the FA Youth Cup yeah. uh, run that we had. You know, I don't know if you can remember, but you probably don't. That we we played at Roker Park. Um, yes, yeah. Against Manchester United and referees knocked on the door twenty minutes before kick off and says, "Listen, guys, keep warming up because you're not going out for another half an hour." They couldn't get everybody in, so <laughs> you know, as a as a fifteen year old schoolboy still at school. You know, you you know you're you know you're at the right club when that happened. Yeah, um, we got beat against Manchester United in the Youth Cup semi-final, so that was a great experience. But I played up front in them days, and then you know I scored goals from 16 to 18 year old, you know, in the reserves. And then it was just basically because I was a goal scorer. Um, Laurie McManamy was the one that started to put me wide right, uh, and and I stayed there. You know, I right. there until until the very end under Dennis Smith. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I was having a look at your stats. I mean, you scored 
15 goals for the club, which was, mm. you know, in, in your 100 odd games, which is mm. decent strike rate for a midfielder, around one in seven. So you're right. If you've kind of come from um, a striking position further deep, how, how was the, the change for you then? Was it Laurie that made that switch permanently? It was Laurie that made the switch. And, and looking back, you know, as an 18 year old lad, if, if you asked to play in the first team for Sunderland, you know, you're not <laughs> going to say, excuse me, I don't want to play wide right. That's not my position. I prefer to play up front. <laughs> that's just ain't yeah. going to happen so you just get on with it um, but it wasn't my position I didn't learn that position you know as, and it was the fact that I was quite fit and I did get up and down the flanks quite well I wasn't a wide and out winger but I had an eye for a goal and that's why I stayed in that position for how many games I did for Sunderland Yeah what what was it like under Laurie because obviously there's a uh, there's a history looking back now for, there, for many fans There is a history yeah and I you know, it was very difficult to pinpoint what happened. It just didn't gel, basically. You've got a, mm-hmm. an experience, had a lot of experience there. Eric Gage, George Burley, Alan Kennedy, Steve Esky, in Esford. You had a lot of experience. You mix that in with the likes of me and Gordon and Gary Hours and, um, and other players at the time, you know, yeah. young players, uh, Richard Dodd, um, John Cornforth. Um, it just didn't gel. For whatever right. reason, they didn't gel. And, you know, there was no animosity in the change rooms. It was still good. It, it just didn't happen. And, and you can't, you, you know, you just got to move on from that, which we did. Sure, yeah. When, when Dennis came into the building. Yeah. In between, obviously, you had Bob Stokoe, a, a club legend, who yeah. was, was hopefully going to keep us up, but didn't quite make it. Was he, was he a different character again? or? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, what I've just said there, I can't remember too much of it, but... Bob was old school, um, yeah, and he came in and tried to set us up ways that he thought we would win games and survive, and it didn't. It just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Was Bob? Was it Bob in charge in the playoffs? In the playoffs, game? yeah, yeah. So Laurie had left, hadn't he? And then right. we finished what third bottom, and then had Gillingham yeah. in the in the playoffs, didn't we? And over two legs, it was close, but not close enough. Yeah, did we win that last game three two? I can't. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but we'd already been. Away goals, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so we were, we, we sort of got, uh, you know, Division Three first time in our our lives, and and yeah. here we are again. But, but Dennis came in as a young man, early forties or in his forties, yeah. and um, yeah. changed everything around. He he was a a very different character, I would imagine. Dennis was totally different. Yeah, um, training was enjoyable, very enjoyable, uh, and intense at times. Um, you know. You, you put the tackles in as if it was a normal game. I remember getting, being on the end of, of, of a couple of Dennis tech, tackles anyway. And he was managing, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, this is a Friday morning, you know, loosen up at her. And, and he's like, walking in there with tackles. But that's the way it was. But it was enjoyable. He, he, he came into the building um, and got everyone laughing and smiling. And sometimes it was good cop, bad cop, because, De- you know, Dennis was serious at times and he was the bad cop. But where Viv Busby, he was the trainer, the coach, and... You know, he put an arm around you, and he was laughing and joking, and um, and and the the combined very well. Um, yeah, but uh, but training was was fun. You know, and we came into the you know into training, everyone was happy, and um, yeah, it just just lifted a, a veil of. I I didn't think there was too much problems at the club at the time, but he, he came in, and I could see you could just see it, just everyone just relaxing and um, going again. And get going again, basically. And yeah, I, I think from yeah. his point of view, he just saying, "Well, this club can't go any further, any lower. 
Um, yeah. The only way is up, as the song goes. Um, and we did. And we did. And we, and we, and we romped that league that year, I believe. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting you said about Laurie bringing in experience because, of course, Dennis still used the likes of Eric Gates and, and yeah. brought in John McPhail and, and yeah. people like that who were very experienced. But surrounded him with, you know, you mentioned Gordon and Gary and yourself, but Marco came in that year and he had a good mix about the team then. We did. And, and, and Dennis got the gel. You know, we gelled well. Um, maybe under Laurie, I don't know, did we go too direct? You know, we weren't using our strengths. You know, Gaty obviously was a big strength and we, were we getting the ball to his feet early enough? And I, I don't know. But all I do know is that it happened under Dennis and we were getting the ball to Gaty. Gaty was seeing passes that nobody else could see <laughs> with Gabbers. Um, and it worked well. He had the legs, you know, up and down with myself on one side or Paul Atkinson on the other side or whoever played, Gary Hours, good good engine, good strength. And we were quite solid at the back under John McPhail and, and John Kay. And, and the, yeah, we had, we had Benno and, and Benno, so on, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, yeah excellent. And solid base, do you know what I mean? And it worked quick, well. quick, quick turnaround of emotions, you know, 12 months, there you are going down, 12 months later, bouncing back as champions. That was an amazing feeling. I think the motion side of it, yes, you are fully concerned as a player, but I don't think as a player you can, um, what's the word? You've got to get out of your mind as quick as you can. Yes, yeah. Fans might, you know, emotionally think a bit more than we would do, but we were professionals. We we went down. What do you do? Do you, do you mope around and start, you know, sulking and that, or do you just roll your sleeves up and get the club back up you know, where it belongs. It didn't even belong in the Championship, in my opinion. It belongs in the First Division Stroke Premiership. But sure. we had to get one step at a time and we got back to the Championship at the first attempt. It, it's interesting, yeah, that you mentioned that because I had the, the privilege of talking to Dennis uh, a couple of weeks ago and he said exactly the same. You, you take it one step at a time and it's reminiscent of what of what Jack's saying, um, you know, that the first thing to do is remain humble and, and yeah. take this league as it is. Don't, don't sort of get Billy big boots about it and, and make sure that we, we earn the right to to play. Yeah. So and it's, it's, it's nice to see the kids coming through, you know, it gives us opportunity yeah. to see, see something through. What for, for you as, a, as one of our own, if you like, from the academy and stuff, how, how did the fans respond with you? With myself personally? Yeah. I thought, well, looking back, it was, at the time, I thought they were a bit unfair to me. Um, whereas sometimes if I had a bad game and, don't get me wrong, I had many a bad game at times at Sunderland. Uh, you, you know, you hold your hands up, you get on with it. Mm. Um, so you have to be thick-skinned. So, you know, whoever Sunderland, and that's been proven, I think, over the last couple of years, that whoever comes into Sunderland has to be thick-skinned. They have to mm. take the criticism. And it's been proved over the years as well. Um, but when myself, even if I had a good game, um, they were still, they were quick on, onto my back, you know what I mean? But, Generally, they were fine. They were fine. And, you know, I would never swap that time ever again. You know, they were brilliant. Sure. Um, when we were winning and the crowd and the noise and all that. And the away fans was, I mean, obviously, that, that famous incident at Wigan. Um, just yeah. brilliant. Just brilliant. Uh, I just thought they were quick to get on my back. Sure. That. But not, oh, I, think, I think now a lot of them do say to me that now they do know that I gave 100% and I left nothing out there for them. You know what I mean? So... Absolutely, I mean, I the best games, but you know, I, I give it, I give it all my best shot. 
and, and I think that that's what's reminiscent about that side from from sort of coming back. I mean, I remember watching watching that team and and the way that it kind of propelled us through the divisions. Really, I mean, Dennis kind of took us a lot further than just relegate um, promotion that first day. But um, yeah. you, you're right; there, there was a there was an intensity to that side, and you you, you know didn't leave anything behind. Be, yeah. Before we move on, cause I just want to sort of talk about something else. But um, Gordon Armstrong told me to ask you about the pie from the paddock. What's all that about? I know, I know. Um, what's that all about? Well, do you know what? I still do, I don't even know at the time. I believe what happened was that I gave him our sub and I was warming up and Eric Gates or someone like that, I'd, I'd seen somebody throw this pie at me. Uh, <laughs> and as I'm, as I'm running up and down the touchline, it, it's just missed me, basically. Uh, <laughs> I, at the time, I hadn't got a clue. Uh, at the time, I would have had a laugh with everybody, but... Um, I don't even know if Gordon had seen it, but obviously I think it was Gates who had seen it happen and that. Uh, but that's that's life, isn't it? It, it, it? it didn't bother me at the time, and it doesn't bother me now, so I'm not worried. I'd love to, I'd love to meet the guy who shot it. Like, I must, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd buy him a pint as well and a, and a pie. Maybe somebody will own up to it when, when they hear this. Or, or maybe Gordon can fill you in. Maybe he's maybe, got his number already. Maybe, maybe. So, so after after Sunderland, because you were there for, what, five five years? Before Chesterfield, about five years at Sunderland? Oh, yeah. Um, I, well, I signed originally as a school, but as apprentice, 92, and I left 1991. So, right. So, obviously, take two years out for your apprenticeship. So, yeah, seven about seven years, I think, yeah. Fantastic. And then, and then Chesterfield, how, how did that move come about? Well, in hindsight, it was it was a horrible move in hindsight because I had a good start. I mean, I played 40-odd game. I played nearly all, every game that season. Uh, and I got to the back end of that particular season, 91-92 season in April. And actually, Gatie had... I was playing against Carlisle and Gatie was playing for Carlisle, so he must have left Sunderland then and joined yeah. them. And there was nobody near me in, in, in a game. I just went to close somebody down and my left knee just give way. And at the time, I didn't know. I knew it was bad because it hurt. <laughs> Oh. And I didn't go down. Um, and I ruptured, ruptured my uh, cruciate ligaments. Um, oh, and I was out for a year because obviously 92, you know, the, mm. the procedure for the um, cruciate ligaments weren't as advanced as they are now. And it took me a year to get back. Um, right. And then when I got back into the team, which I did get back in the team, we played, you know, we famously went to Liverpool and we were 3-0 up against Liverpool and ended up drawing 4-4. At Liverpool in a cup tie, I played sixty games that season. Um, or just, yeah, forty odd league games that season. So twenty just at the very end of the season before, and John Duncan came in, and I just wasn't his type of player, and I left. Not, not, oh. That was it. So looking back, it was a horrible time. But and the offers never really came in that were suffice. I was offered a one year contract at Swansea, a, a one year contract at Darlington, but. Back in 92, 93, interest rates were very high and my mortgage mm. was something like £900 a month. Oof. And, it, and it, wasn't on the, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't on the, the wages the footballers are on nowadays and that gobbled a lot of my wages up and I just couldn't afford to do it. So sure. that's when I made the decision to to move away from the game. Because you were quite young, weren't you? Then. Yeah, I think I was only 27, yeah. So, so, so uh, what, what sort of held, held sway after football for you? Uh, well, I, I did go around to the, a few non-league teams, but I wasn't going to do non-league. I mean, I, I did enjoy my football, but I'm thinking I don't want to be doing non-league. Um, 
the coaching side of it, it wasn't really up and running then, as in the academies. So, because yeah. the money hadn't really kicked in then, you know, Sky had just come forward, I think, 92, 93 season. Um, so I went, I got a job in the finance sector and I, I remained there for many years, 15 years before leaving that and becoming the scout, basically. Right. So, so football drew you back eventually then? But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, the kids have grown up now, so the, the the need to make a regular income money, you know, wasn't as much. Um, although the money with the scout is, is decent, it's, um, you know, no mortgage now and the kids have thrown the nest, so, you know, it's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. So you, you took in a few uh, a few clubs around uh, Chesterfield, where I think you were at Huddersfield, Sheffield United before yeah, I started, what, what happened was I, I took my coaching badge uh, level 2 uh, through the PFA because I just fancy I did, I did some coaching without my coaching badges yeah and, you know I thought let's let's just go and do it so I did it through the PFA and I bumped into Lee Turnbull and I just said what's out there coaching he said well I can't help you there because I'm head of recruitment at Huddersfield he says but we're looking for um, somebody to fill a vacancy in the Midlands area I went well yeah I'll do it <laughs> so basically I went to go and see his boss um, and his boss says yeah all good and I started in November 2013 at Huddersfield alright cool it's a, it's a I mean it's a lovely club um, open I mean you can go to the training ground you can watch the lads train they're very open and, and transparent about everything there um, and they've got their rewards um, yeah doing well doing well at the really minute well. Yeah, Sheffield, Sheffield United. Lee, Lee left and went to Sheffield United, and I was right. to go there for a year. That didn't work out with Nigel Atkins, and then went to Wigan for six months, and then Lee got the top job at Scunthorpe and, and took me there with him. So oh, fantastic that's how my career has developed. Fantastic, right place, right time. Maybe in in that in that sense. Basically, yeah, yeah. You know, I went, I went to do a bit of coaching, and it ended up coming coming out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. excellent. Know, so, as a scout, how how would you rate the work Sonnen have done this summer? Um, well, the work they've done in the past obviously hasn't come to fruition. I don't know what's happened or how or how they've done it. I don't know, um, and I don't know who's behind the scenes there now. But the some of the signings that they have brought in um, seem to be doing well um, and will be good for League One. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tony Coton came from Villa. Yeah, that's in, the, right. in, the, yeah, in the summer, that's right. so he, he's heading it up, and uh, okay. Richard Hill, Richard Hill's come from Eastleigh with uh, obviously Stuart Donald knowing him, and yeah, yeah. Uh, working with Jack. So it, it sounds like they've got a good balance yeah. in there, and, and, and Tony seems to obviously, like you say, know know the division. Is there anybody that you think we've got that you'd have tried to grab for Scunthorpe? Or? <laughs> um, thanks for putting me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the. the the game I see, I say the Charlton game, the one that stuck out for me was the player that they didn't sign anyway, was the kid, uh, Bally Mumba. You know, was just yeah, it was just superb. You know, you know, and I, and you and got to, you got to give credit to Jack, the manager, for mm. doing that. I mean, how many managers, to be fair, would play a sixteen-year-old lad on the opening day of the season, red-hot weather, in front of thirty-one thousand, <laughs> com, coming off the back of two or three pretty poor seasons, and may, maybe maybe a hostile crowd. Fair play to him, and I thought he was brilliant that game. I really did. I thought, he, he, yeah. he was. He was brave. He was the energy, the desire. I thought, 
To be honest, the first thing I thought was, you're going Premier League, mate. You're going Prem. Hopefully it's, it's with Sunderland. Yeah, Sunderland. yeah. But you could not stop that kid's progress if he um, if he keeps developing the way he is and keeps his, you know, he's 16, still only a baby, keeps his feet on the floor uh, and keeps growing and keeps learning and, and that. Uh, he's going to be some player, that lad. Yeah, he's, he looks a real talent. And you're right, sort of throw him in when you've got, you know, the likes of Catamore still at the club and, and, yeah. and things like that. I think yeah. it gives him a real, you know, boost. And, and, and you're right, he's going to turn 17 in, in a few months. So hopefully we'll yeah. get him on a pro contract before everybody else yeah. comes sniffing but we'll, we'll, we'll Gooch, see I mean we I like Gooch and I've seen Gooch about two or three years ago and he at Leicester under 23s and he absolutely blitzed Leicester and mm. we tried to get him on loan or had a possibility I think I don't know what so yeah, when we advise players from that point onwards it's nothing to do I mean obviously that Lee takes over there and that but I, I had a Gooch for me all day um, yeah it, even Honeyman you know uh, quite liked him but Gooch was the one for me that I thought yes he, he someone need this guy in, in League One and um, to, to, to push him forward yeah he's, he's, he's quite direct and he's, he's certainly got a swagger about him I'll, I'll give him that and uh, yeah, not, not to, he not? has and not not to give up for that goal was it was amazing how he just launched himself at the ball at the end well, yeah I mean obviously just prior to that he'd made a little mistake with the ball yeah. under his foot and you no, know, but instead of like sulking or whatever he's gone bang I'm, I'm in the box here Left back's whipped in a superb ball. Yeah. He's got on the desire to get on the end of it, you know, fairy tale stuff. So. Well, it, it gives Jack a great start, and obviously, we went down to Luton, which you know, um, it was a it was a tough game, tough yeah. away game. And um, for, for long periods, I thought we were gonna nick it again and and yeah. kind of just sort of came away with a draw. But but Jack yeah. seemed reasonably confident when your home games draw your away games, you'll be there or thereabouts. So, well, um if you look at I mean, if you look at the history of League One for the last two or three seasons, and I've seen a lot of League One games over the last two or three seasons, if you're organised uh, and get good shape to you, and have a little bit of guile and a little bit of craftiness up front, and creativity up front, you'll be there thereabouts. I really honestly think that. I mean, Scunthorpe, we've been up there for the last two seasons, just missed out in the playoffs. Well organised, strong physically. Burton, the same. Shrewsbury's team's broken up now, but the team last year again. Well organised, a little bit of creativity, creativity in the midfield, stroke mm. up front. Um, you'll be up there. Um, yeah, I hope so. It, Does it, anybody else stand out? Because a lot of people are tipping Barnsley for good things this season, perhaps. And um, well, the tip, I yeah, I think Barnsley will be up there. Uh, I think Peterborough will be up there. And a team I watched on Saturday and beat us last night will be up there. Doncaster. Um, yeah. Doncaster will win more games than they'll lose, um, but they might get a few. The way they're, they're very open and very uh, extravagant in the way they play, um, but they play very well. So I, I after after just one game, I think they'll be up there. But but Sunderland will be up there. Sunderland will be up there. I've got I've got no doubt about that. What What about your club then? Without giving too much away before Sunday, obviously, is Sunday is there anything? Thought, again, you know, going back to what I said at the beginning, I, I, I've not seen them much. You know, I'm only getting what. I hear off Lee and when we have meetings together with the manager, we have changed, we have, we have had a lot of ingoings and outgoings. I know, don't quote me on that, I think it was 15 players have gone out and 10 have come in. So, you know, it, it although it's very similar to uh, Sunderland in, in terms of personnel changeover, um, I believe we will finish probably mid-table upwards um, okay. on, on what I'm hearing. And I think that would be a good for us because of the turnover of players. 
took the gamble with a few young lads and a few, you know, one or two from non-league. So it depends how they get on. Um, mix that in with a lot of experience in there. And yeah, I think we'll be mid-table to 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 top half, you know, playoff position. We'll be in that eight, nine, ten position. That's what I yeah. believe. In. That's so. that's good. It's interesting you mentioned about getting players. I mean, Peterborough seemed to be the masters at pulling players out of lower league and yeah. making a profit on them. And yeah. how, how do they do it? Crikey! Yeah, well, again, it's you know, again, it's just watching players, getting out there, watching them, having an opinion, backing yourselves, and make a judgment and back yourself. I do believe Steve Evans has gone in there and just wasn't happy with everything and got rid of a lot and brought a lot in. So. Um, but again, he play, you know he manages his teams, you know has the you know lot, lots of passion there, yeah, um, which is quite visible from the t- from the touchline at times. I think he's an attack waiting to happen. That guy at times really, <laughs> really goes on, but uh, that's how his teams play. And I, you know, I think they'll be up there based on that. With with again a bit of creativity in that team, they'll they'll be up there. Yeah, is is, is it changed much since since obviously playing in Division Three at the time under Dennis and watching a lot of football in, at League One. Has it has it changed a lot for luck, quality-wise, perhaps, or physical I, side? I don't know. I think it has to. I mean, when you're playing the game, you're involved with your own game and the team's game. And, you know, no disrespect, at the time, scouting, I wouldn't have had a clue what scouting was all about. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, now, looking at the teams compared to what we played, I, th- I think, yeah, if you put me in that position now, you know, with the training and with all the... GPS they can do and the monitoring. I think I would have been a better player by 10-15%. So everybody right. else would be as well. So I would say yes, the standard is better. Um, yeah. And the foreign players are coming into the game and our better English players are, are, are you know coming into the championship stroke league one. Um so yeah, I would say the standard is, is better, but only slightly, only slightly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Any any predictions you're gonna put your neck on the block for? For Sunday, for su- for Sunday, yeah. Um, I've got to say a draw, haven't I? Really, <laughs> I'm going to sit on the fence for this one. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go one one. Okay, all right. Just out of interest, then uh, you mentioned your kids growing up. Is, are you all still Sunderland fans, or have you changed allegiance, or are you sticking with Borough because that's your hometown? Or but the question you asked there: Are you still Sunderland fans? I've never been a <laughs> bit presumptuous, wasn't it? A bit presumptuous, <laughs> and, and my kids were never going to be Sunderland fans. I met my ex. I mean, I married a, a lady who worked at the club, and her mums—they're all Sunderland fans, and uh, they tried to get Jordan and Gabby, my two children, Sunderland fans, but they're Borough fans. They had no Aye. choice. When I was when I was out the game, and there were kids, I took them to the Borough games when they were in the Premier League, and. They love the atmosphere there, but to be fair, you know, they love watching Sunderland results and Borough results, and also the Newcastle. We, I like to see all the northeast clubs doing well. I know a lot of people in northeast wouldn't agree with me, but I like to see all the northeast teams doing well. Um, that's, wouldn't that's be great. Fair, wouldn't be great to see Borough, Newcastle, and Sunderland in the Premier in the Premier League. That'd be fantastic. I'll take I'll take two of them, Paul. I'm not sure about the third. <laughs> <laughs> but no, listen. Thanks ever so much for for joining us, and uh, really appreciate your time. I hope it goes well for the rest of the season at Scunthorpe and it's been an absolute pleasure thanks mate cheers Mark alright take care take care bye bye so Paul Lemon uh, former Sunderland midfielder happily going for a draw on uh, on Sunday I think I'll uh, opt for a, a home win now that Paul's gone I won't tell him that but yeah I think we probably have enough for, to beat Scunthorpe on, on Sunday and um, depending on how the the team line up after the the cup tie, of course. But um, yeah, it sounds very positive. And, and Paul's obviously got experience in, in this league and from playing here and 
and scouting and, and seeing the teams around us. So it sounds positive that he's backing us to do well this season. So onwards and upwards, we look forward to Sunday and we look forward to what Jack is building and we hope for big three points. So join us again next time when hopefully Graham will be back and let us know how you found it today. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.